Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. There's a country that's on the mind of so many these days, and not in a happy way. Ukraine is under attack. This conflict has sparked the greatest mass movement of civilians since World War II. Here to discuss, via Skype, Ukraine and the implications of this war on religious freedom and cultural identity is Bettina Krauss, editor of Liberty Magazine, which is the sponsor of this program. Bettina, what's on your heart today? Well, Charles, I think with many, many other people around the world, we are being daily shocked by what we're seeing coming out of Ukraine. I mean, some of the images are just frankly, it's an image of brutality, of humanity against humanity and civilians who are being caught in the midst of what really is an unnecessary and unprovoked aggression. When you look at those images, Bettina... What does it do to you as an advocate of religious liberty? Are, are you seeing religious liberty issues sewn into the fabric of what's happening in Ukraine? Well, I am. And, you know, most of us are concentrating on what's happening there in a geopolitical sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking at, you know, all the different factors that have played into this conflict And I think this is really an aspect of this conflict that not many people are really drawing out and taking note of. Mm -hmm. The fact that religion, religious identity is very much intertwined with many of the issues that have provoked or have caused this conflict. I was looking at an article written recently by someone who is actually in Ukraine. He is a religious liberty advocate. And he was talking just before this invasion took place. And he sort of laid out this history of Ukraine, which was really at odds with what we heard coming from the Kremlin in the days leading up to the invasion. I don't know if you remember, Charles, but February 21, Putin gave this sort of justification for why he had made the decision to invade Ukraine. And what he spoke about was, from his perspective, he saw the Ukrainian region as sort of a sacred part of of Mother Russia. Mm. And he recounted this history, which was really a contorted and distorted history, that recounted how this area and the people of Ukraine had always been within the sphere of Russia. Mm-hmm. But as I looked at what our religious liberty advocate from Ukraine had written in his article, I saw that there is actually a very different understanding of the history of Ukraine that places a completely different cast on what's happening there today. Basically, about a thousand years ago, Christianity came to Ukraine. It became a center of Christianity and of Orthodox Christianity, which is the Eastern communion of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And 
Russia, of course, was also developing as a Christian center around the same time, but Ukraine most certainly had an independent presence, religious presence, until over time Russia did indeed extend its sphere of religious influence in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. But regardless of that, there was a very strong independent religious identity and understanding among the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. I'm not sure if you know, Charles, but in orthodoxy, communions tend to develop very closely along with national identity. So you have the Greek Orthodox, the Ukrainian Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox, the Armenian Orthodox. So there's a very strong correlation between country and religion. Uh, and that's and that's what happened with Ukraine. Putin is trying to distort the history of Ukraine and say, no, the religious identity of Ukrainians has always been a part of the larger national identity of Russia, which is quite simply a very cynical distortion of reality. And it's a distortion for political purposes because he wants to extend not just the geographical power and footprint of Russia. He wants to extend the cultural and religious influence of Russia as well. So you see in this sort of conflict very much these, I mean, we're just seeing the, the top surface yes, of what's going yes. on. For those who are actually involved in the conflict, there's this centuries old religious identity issues which are playing into and exacerbating the conflict. Well, we've said often on this program that most, if not all, conflicts of this world and its history are somehow tied to religious liberty. <laughs> it's somehow there is a connection there, and it's happening today in Ukraine. Oh, most certainly. I think what we're seeing is almost a classic example of religion being used and manipulated for political purposes. It's interesting to me to hear Putin's rhetoric on this subject because he's casting himself as this sort of um, savior figure. He yeah. is standing yeah. for Christian civilization against the decadence of the liberal Western oh, uh, regime. Oh, and it is a very cynical, because you look oh. at how the Soviet Union yes. treated religion, yes. especially religion in Ukraine, and you can see that they are not a friend of religion. Okay, this is a religious conflict at heart. Can religion somehow save the country? Is there anything in belief that can help the people of Ukraine now? I think personal faith is always a potent force mm. in any situation of conflict. But that said, I think it's a mistake to see religion playing any sort of organized role or, or political role in any conflict as well. I think this really is, if anything, a crystal clear lesson to us of the dangers of fusing Christianity in any form with nationalistic power and religious identity. Because when that happens, religion itself becomes a form of idolatry, a form of national idolatry. Individual Christians lose their sense of belonging to a body that somehow transcends barriers of and borders of national interest. And instead, they see themselves as very much complicit in the national fortunes of, of whatever country they're in. And I think that's what we're seeing here today. And so you're right, Charles, what we need instead is a return to that idea of religion 
as something more pure, something more, I think, ultimately more potent as a personal religious power of faith that can really help this conflict, but not in a political way. Bettina, this sounds eerily familiar. If you, if you take your eyes away from Ukraine and look at our own country, the United States here, we have images of our political leaders hoisting Bibles above their head, mm. preaching sermons, basically, from, from podiums that are supposed to be political podiums. Are we seeing the same stirrings in this country that Ukraine and Russia are, are showing the world right now? I think nothing that we're seeing in Russia and Ukraine are new to human history. Mm. We're seeing simply a repeat of a force that is continually on the rise that we continually have to combat. And that is the temptation to see religion as a tool, as, as something that we can use to further non-religious goals. Mm. You know, let's ask ourselves, what is the purpose of the church? Is the purpose of the church to further nationalistic ambitions in some way? Or is the role of the church instead to act as a peacemaker mm. in society? I mean, are we meant to be enabling these sort of militaristic ambitions or are we meant to be a palliative against them? Let's ask ourselves what religion is intended for and what it should be. And I think those lessons have application, not just in Russia, not just in Ukraine, but wherever the church is present. You know, even though it comes out, it seems, in the end, to have peace and love win, when you're in it, it doesn't seem like it's going to win. How are we supposed to move ourselves as Christians through this mess of politics trying to combine with church. What kind of attitude should we have as we watch this swirling around us and we want to stay true to the God we love and the God who loves us? Well, that is a question that many people are searching for the answer to. Yeah. It's a messy business being a citizen of Christ's kingdom mm. and a citizen of whatever kingdom we find ourselves here on earth. Mm. We have to continually guard against that type of creeping nationalistic thought that would taint our faith. And it's not an easy thing to do. It, it requires a lot of self-awareness. It requires the ability to question some of our biases, some of our prejudices. But it's also something that as Christians, we're called to do because we're asked to put our allegiance not in earthly kingdoms. We're asked to put our allegiance in the saving power of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that last word you just uttered could contain the answer. When you look at the life of Christ, Bettina, what do you see compared to what you're seeing today in this world? I see a person who transcends all the concerns of this world, whose ultimate goals and ultimate plans for us as humans are far more magnificent than any of the petty nationalistic plans of authoritarian rulers here on earth. Yes. And I think by keeping our eyes focused on that transcendent figure of Christ, we can, with prayer and daily commitment, guard ourselves against the idolatry of nation, which causes so much suffering in this world. Oh, the idolatry of nations, that is well put. Well, Bettina, in the last 60 seconds we have of the program here, how is Liberty Magazine helping us do that? What are you putting in the magazine that we should know about? So we are, in the coming issue, we're talking about how we actually transcend the blame game in mm. politics, 
how we can move past our sort of reflexive knee-jerk reaction of you're wrong, I'm right, and how we can engage in a process of civil dialogue that many feel is lost. But, you know, I'm an optimist. I don't think so. I think we can reclaim a space for civil dialogue and and get past the political blame game that we find ourselves in. Oh, very, very good. Very good. Bettina Kraus, editor of Liberty Magazine. Bettina, thank you so much for sharing with us. You spoke from your heart today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And listener, we have a website, libertymagazine.org. The issue that she's talking about is going to be coming out momentarily. And you can read many of the articles from that issue right at libertymagazine.org. Also, check out Bettina's editorials. A lot of good material there for you to enjoy and to educate yourself on these issues. Because, you know, we tend to fear what we see. But if we have Christ in our hearts... Our fear turns to determination, and we say, I can do something here. I can use Christ as a tool to help me be the kind of person I need to be and show the kind of world the kind of person that they should be too. This program was sponsored by Liberty Magazine. Until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Bettina Krauss, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>